It is the burnout with the SEC Network. Peter Burns. We have got Kiffin versus Kirby in a big SEC matchup. Alabama squarely in the college football playoff chase heading to the bluegrass. Can Missouri bounce back against Tennessee? And what is the nightmare scenario for the SEC? We'll discuss all of that with Peter Burns. The show presented by MyBookie.ag. Code next round when you sign on at MyBookie.ag to get that sign-on bonus of 50% up to $1,000. 50% sign-on bonus up to $1,000 right now at mybookie.ag. Bernsey, how are you holding up after your Bayou Bengals let you down? Listen, I, they didn't let me down because, I, you know, what's funny is all for like two weeks I had said that LSU was going to beat Alabama. And literally the morning, uh, uh, last Friday morning, I'm driving in studio. We do these things called future headlines at our SEC network show. Yep. And so mine was that like, you know, uh, Jaden jumps in the Heisman race, Tigers roar. That was going to be my headline. And man, I started thinking about it, and then I kept thinking about it. Then Makai Wingo, you know, whenever he had the surgery and he was going to be out for that game, I told my producers, "I'm like, I'm picking Bama. I'm flipping. <laughs> I don't see LSU." And I said, "I said LSU is going to score 28 points, and Alabama's just going to be able to run the ball on them all damn day long and keep the ball out of Jaden's and Daniel's hands." And I didn't know the Dallas Turner hit would turn out that way, but um, yeah, man, it was just a wash, rinse, repeat. Now, 11 of the last 13 seasons, man, Bama just finds a way to get by LSU. And it was everything I wanted for the first three and a half quarters. Really, really fun yeah. game. And then second half, Bama showed up and they just waxed everybody. Like, you know what? You got to give a lot of credit to Kevin Steele's defense for yeah. the way they defended. Um, a lot of people will say, hey, look, Jaden Daniels went out. I mean, that was LSU only had two possessions left in that game, as it turned out, when he exited the game. And they were held to 28 points and only seven points in the second half. Um, it is a bit reminiscent, and I mentioned this to you, I think, last week, a bit reminiscent of the Kevin Still as Auburn defensive coordinator. Yep. Uh, job he did against uh, LSU in 2019 against one of the best offenses we've ever seen in college football. I don't know what it is about the LSU game that brings out the best of Kevin Still, but he's done it twice now to two really, really good LSU offenses. Yeah, and I think it was just more of the game plan. I mean, I mean, think about it just overall from the season wise. Like they were fantastic to you know, 27-nothing in Tennessee in that second half. They were great against Ole Miss in that game in the second half. And against LSU, um, they were really good in that second half. Now, again, LSU was having a whole hell of a lot of success before yeah. Jane Dinos got got. I mean, they were up 28-21. So it wasn't as if, oh my gosh, they were stopping this offense. There was a big, big um drop by Mason Taylor. In, in that third quarter, they yep. kind of changed the momentum. It felt like everybody was kind of holding serve. And when Mason Taylor had that that drop, you're like, oh, boy. And then, I mean, let's be honest with you, Brownie. They, Bama could have scored 60 if they truly wanted. I mean, they went into this murder ball, like zombie, like we, yeah. we're just going to keep the ball and we're going to run it for seven minutes and get the, you know, the control the clock. And that's what they did. Um, and again, that's the difference between Nick Saban and everybody else. Like he gets their team better and better while some people just don't show up. That wasn't the case in the tide freaking rolled. More on Alabama coming up as they head to Kentucky. But let's start with a game coming up this week, West versus East. Don't forget that Ole Miss is still alive in this thing now. They got to have help. They need, they need Alabama to lose a couple games now. Uh, their best path was LSU beating Alabama. Did not happen, but Ole Miss is still alive. I don't know if they can stay alive, though, in Athens. That's a tough place to go to have to keep your life is play Georgia and Athens. Yeah, oh, it's only the team that's won back-to-back -back national championships. Yeah. Let's go on the road between the hedges. But, you know, it's a couple of different things is, is you know, 
A, I don't believe Alabama's going to lose two games, right? I mean, you right. although the Iron Bowl could be a tricky one, I think the Iron Bowl is actually a little trickier than than going into Lexington next week in, in losing that game. Um, but ultimately, I don't see that happening. But Ole Miss does have that kind of somewhat interesting former Alabama path to go 11-1 and one and yeah. not have to go into the SEC championship game, right? Like, if they find a way to go into Athens, which they're a damn good team right now. They're playing really well. They win that game. They go 11-1 and one and don't have to face Georgia again. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, if FSU loses a game because their strength of schedule is not very good, that's interesting. Texas almost lost to K-State, which would have knocked them pretty much out. Um, you know, They have an opportunity. And this is as late as I have felt that you, know, you had a team that all of a sudden is starting to put things together. But man, Georgia, I mean, even even what they were able to do with Missouri, they just don't get rattled whatsoever. Like I, I just I continue to be very, very impressed. And I'm really curious to see, Brownie, how Lane Kiffin a, a, a attacks this week, because, you know, he likes to bump his gums a lot. Yeah. Like, is it gonna be calm lane or is it going to be like, let's stir up some shit lane. But keep in mind now, the last time he was in this type of situation, it was earlier in the season, obviously. But is that, yep. it was that game a couple of years ago in Tuscaloosa, the uh, Get Your Popcorn Ready game, where yep. he came in and he was like, um, to heck with everything. We are, we're just going to go for every single fourth down. We're going to go for every fourth down. We're going to keep all the cards on the table. Uh, we're going to push our chips in, whatever analogy you want to use. And and that's that's the way we're going to play this game. You wonder well, if that's the way he, he learned. I think he learned a lot from that, uh, so? honestly, because I think he know he he cost himself. He was too... You know, he he, you know, like in the bathtub, like he he turned the 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 faucet on too much of YOLO a uh, uh, style of like, <laughs> hey, just relax a little bit. And now he's got a good team. I mean, like the, the in order to have one of those marquee victories, you have to whether it's Georgia or Alabama, and I consider those marquee victories, you have to have really good quarterback play. Like Brady Cook did not give them great quarterback play against Georgia, and that's the reason why you know his two picks ended up being a difference in that game. Jackson Dart has that about him. Quinshawn can do it. And this defense now with Pete Golden is a whole hell of a lot better than I thought it was going to be at the beginning of the season. So um, you are coming off a Georgia team that's a little bit banged up, and then it doesn't get any easier for them because after that they've got a Tennessee team that's starting to play pretty well as well. Well, there's no doubt about that. Now, I I do want to go back to that game I just referenced. That was the, what, the 2021 Alabama Ole Miss game. Yeah. Yeah, and and you, you've got a Bryce Young-led Alabama offense at that time, Jamison Williams, John Mechie. Um, that was an explosive offense. Yep. And I, I think his thinking in that game, and he was probably right in his thinking, Bernsey, is that I'm not, gonna go, I'm not going to go to Bryant Denny and kick field goals and win this game, right? No. Why no. even settle for three? It's not doing me any good. Uh, Georgia is a really, really good football team. But I don't know that you have to take that same approach because of their offensive style of play. It's not that they're not a good offense. It's just that it's not that style. It's not that explosive style. They're going to grind it out more on you. Fill goals can yeah. be a little bit more valuable against them, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the way Kirby coaches is more of a throwback to the mid-2010s yeah. of just being like in, in our early 2000s to where it's like, hey, man, I learned watching ball games by Nick Saban and we're going to win 28 to, to 10. You know, yeah. and we're going, to have, we're going to play good field position. We're going to play great defense. We're going to be sound. We don't need to be crazy. We don't need to see how many points we could score, When which is kind of funny because I do think Georgia has an offense 
that could put up those points Good. if he wanted to right now. Yep. I mean, Carson Beck, Freddie, he has really impressed me. And yep. he has not had that game where it's like, uh-oh, he, the moment's a little bit too big for him. He sure as hell haven't had that yet right now. So I still think Jackson Dart's the better quarterback. I still think uh, Quinshawn's the better running back in this situation. If you're looking at the best wide receiver, there's no doubt that it's Trey Harris. So you're talking about just the stars overall. They have the star power to beat them as long as Lane doesn't get in his own way and they can punch him early in the mouth and make something happen. You know, it really is. We were looking uh, this morning on the show on the next round, we were looking at the upcoming uh, TV windows. We always love to do that, like yeah. Saturday's TV windows. And uh, Penn State, Michigan is a massive game, obviously, big noon kick on Fox. Uh, but if you say that's the biggest game in college football this weekend, I think I think Ole Miss Georgia is probably second. Uh, okay. and, it's, and it's right there on ESPN. It's this is this is a glimpse into the future because CBS has used so many Georgia games now. ESPN ends up getting this game. This is what this is going to look like for the future schedules that you're about to tell me will be out in a couple of weeks. This is what it's going to look like for the future schedules when ESPN has the big games. And to hell with Delhi because Delhi ended up breaking the news that I was not, I was sitting on uh, about the idea that early December is when those schedules will come out uh, a little bit. So. Um, but the, the, the thing that's interesting about it, I was shocked. Cause I'm like, well, cause I'm, I'm going to the LSU Florida game this weekend. Okay. And so I was like, I don't think that that was going to be the two thirty game. And then all of a sudden, when I saw that Georgia and Ole Miss were the, the night game, I'm like, oh crap, they must've moved LSU up to that game. And I was like, nope, yeah. that's not the case. So, nope. um, I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I, I feel like those primetime games should kick off. I, I'm a firm believer like 5 o'clock is a perfect time for SEC football. Like you've got enough time to tailgate. you got enough time to celebrate afterwards if you win or drown your sorrows if you lose. But I'm all in for night games. That that means something, you know. Yeah. Ten can go ahead and carve their ticket in the big noon kickoff or whatever they want to call it. Um, but the, the, the night game should be where everybody starts paying attention to the SEC, and that's a big one. And don't forget Tennessee, Missouri as well, too. That's a monster All right, game. 230, yeah, 230 CBS game. Yeah. Now, you know how the TV – we've talked a lot about this on the show. So while we're on this topic, before we move on to Alabama and Kentucky, you know how the TV industry works, too. And I'm not mm -hmm. asking for inside ESPN information because I know you're full of that. But when they have the full SEC uh, slate and mm -hmm. with Texas and Oklahoma in the league, they're going to put some quality games at 11, are they not? They're not just going to say, oh, Fox, you can have the 11 o'clock window. They'll they'll beat quality games at 11 o'clock. I would imagine, in, in A, you're giving me way too much credit. I've been with ESPN for 10 years. They don't tell me shit over there. Like, they would not, <laughs> and I don't blame them because I'd probably spill the secrets myself. <laughs> um, but I think it really it comes down to, at, at some point, what what they're going to do, right? Like, there there is almost like a counter-programming that's going to go yeah. on some point um you know i mean there, there's a couple of big 10 days now that they have in yes i mean they're going to have nbc cbs and then there's another uh, a third party or fox to the yeah. big 10. there's a day that they'll have a huge game at noon a huge game at three and a huge game at seven and it's the first weekend in november which is normally traditionally lsu alabama weekend oh, yeah. so um, the Big Ten, listen, the Big Ten is 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 sharp in how they did their television deal. I don't think that there's any doubt about that. But when it comes down to it, they still have to win national championships for it to matter and not be under um, NCAA investigations while doing such things. Precise stealing, yes. He is uh, Peter Burns of the SEC Network and ESPN. The show presented 
by mybookie.ag. Code next round when you sign on at mybookie.ag and you get that 50% sign-on bonus. They match 50% up to $1,000. So you can get some money right there to play with at mybookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Mybookie.ag. Code next round to get that sign-on bonus I am talking about. Also, the show presented by our friends at manscaped.com. They got great products there at manscaped.com. We talk about the handyman. It's the compact razor. Easy to travel with. Use at home. Use on the road. It is an excellent razor. You get that right now at manscaped.com with all their great products like the Beard Hedger that I use. It's got the adjustable guard so the guard doesn't snap off and gap your beard mid-shave. They've got the lawnmower, which takes care of the full body and the undercarriage so you can be clean all over the place. And the Weed Whacker takes care of the nose hair, ear hair, and uh, all that stuff keeps you looking like an old man. You don't do that with manscaped.com. Great boxer shorts, body products, everything at manscaped.com. And because you like this show and you love yourself some Peter Burns, don't we all? We're going to help you save money. Burns is the code. Burns. To get 20% off your initial order at manscaped.com. Manscaped.com. Code Burns. To get 20% off. All right. Let's talk about Alabama at Kentucky. That is one of those games, 11 o'clock, straight out of game day. And uh, it's an interesting test for Alabama. Going yeah. to a place they don't normally travel to. Uh, playing a team that is good enough to beat you. Alabama opened as a 12-point favorite in this game and coming off an emotional win over LSU. Interesting spot for the Crimson Tide here. Yeah, and it's funny because I started thinking about the end of my show. They're like, I was like, hey, what's a better chance of happening? Ole Miss beating Georgia in Athens or Kentucky beating Alabama in, in Tuscaloosa? And yeah. I was like, well, you know, and I started kind of making some points for Kentucky. I was like, you know, Alabama's coming off a physical game. And I'm like, no, they're not. Not really. I mean, that was <laughs> They're not football that LSU defense yeah. was going up against. This wasn't 2011 LSU's defense. Like, I mean, so um, I, I will say this, and I thought this was interesting. I talked to some people close to the Alabama football program and was just kind of you know catching up with them on how the weekend was and whatnot. And I asked them, I was like, well, you, know, you got Kentucky coming up. What do you think? And there was there was a pause in which it's like they don't like this game. Yeah, in a weird way that it it falls in a weird spot. It's not a it's not a a a, a team that you really looked at and, and you know a whole hell of a lot. There's not a ton of history besides the Bear Bryant angle here. That it's just one of those kind of sneaky games that all of a sudden you get a little bit tired and you're thinking, oh, it's Kentucky. They're not playing that well. All of a sudden you're in a dogfight and then they believe that they can get it done. So there there actually is a little bit more concerned about this Kentucky game on the road that in certain ways, maybe even where they were for, for LSU in, in a way, especially defensively. You know, it's interesting because you talk to most coaches and they will tell you if it's a road game, I want to play it as early as possible. Yeah. Uh, 11 a.m. road kick. Now, sometimes I think and I get that. And it's a little bit like um, if you'll go oh, back Tennessee, or, Tennessee at LSU last year. Remember that? Tennessee yep, at yep. LSU was an 11 o'clock Jefferson pilot game. They got the opening kickoff, and then LSU fans like, well, I'm not even bothered going into the damn stadium. And Tennessee ran their ass out of the building. Yeah, I mean, if I'm playing Tiger Stadium, I definitely want it to be 11 o'clock. That's when I want to play in Tiger Stadium. Um, sometimes, and if you go back to the – speaking of LSU, the LSU-Mississippi State game, Brian Kelly was so concerned about it. You know, he blared music. He stopped yeah. at a, a car lot and did a walkthrough. He did everything <laughs> he could to keep his team from being sleepy. Here's why this game, I think, worries a lot of people at Alabama. Kentucky naturally wants to make it an ugly game. That's the way they want to do it. Yeah. They, they want you to be out of sorts, ugly football. What normally works isn't working. 
Mm. You're, you know, you're in a weird environment. I don't play in this stadium all the time. Uh, it's an 11 a.m. game. I'm coming off this electric atmosphere against LSU. 11 a.m. at Lexington will not be that electric atmosphere. I mean, that kind of plays into what Kentucky already wants to do in this game. Yeah, and and the one thing that we're going to do is kind of keep a, a, an eye on on Devin Leary's health. And Devin Leary, they were talking about it afterwards. He was having some blurriness, and they were trying to figure out what was going on during the middle of the, that game. Now, they ended up beating a, a listless Mississippi State team 24-3. to um, I will say this, though. I, I, I do believe that, I mean, there are certain coaches that you just don't see them having this hor- horrifically bad game. Right. Like in, in Alabama is traditionally one of those teams, because most of the time, just like Georgia, they've got so many good players on their team. Yeah. They also understand that if they don't play well, there's probably somebody that's going to replace their ass tomorrow and they may not get that starting job back. Now, Alabama's had a little bit more attrition than Georgia has had, but that's the flywheel that works so well for Georgia is that the competition inside the team allows you that you're never going to have that day off. Alabama is kind of in that way as well, too. And, and again, I think if you go in your day-to-day aspect of life for Alabama, you could kind of just overlook things. But there's something about Saban this year. And again, I know I keep saying it. I don't know why, but I just there's this feeling about Alabama. And when I watch Nick Saban that says the way that he talks about this season in certain ways almost feels like it's his last season. And the attention to detail is locked in. And even the way he was talking about we might have the opportunity to win the West, I'm like, when the hell have I ever heard Saban talk about the opportunity might. to win the West? Like, yeah, might it's it's right, and he goes, well, and then maybe something might happen from there. Like, it, it's a different Saban that we're seeing uh, this year, and it, and it's and it's worked because they've gotten better every week. Yeah, I, I would say one advantage Alabama has in this game now, if you are uh, the defensive staff for Kentucky, if you're Ron Roberts for Auburn, the defensive coordinator there. All of a sudden, you got to hit a little bit of a pause on your prep for Alabama and start accounting for the called quarterback runs, which Alabama had gone away from for a number of games. They used it very effectively against LSU, whether it was because Milrow had the pulled hamstring a lot of people think he had. If Alabama just wasn't using it, I don't know what it was, but yeah. it was extremely effective against LSU. And it wasn't just that Milrow was effective, Bernsey. Uh, by the middle part of that game, and certainly in the third and fourth quarter, LSU's defense was so concerned about Milrow running the football, Alabama's backs had a field day. So yeah. it, it it opens up the running backs as well. Well, again, I think you go back, and if you're at the if you're going to look at all throughout SEC football and probably all of college football, and say what was the most important coaching decision that was made all season I long. Know. It was the benching of Jalen Milrow against South Florida. There's yep. no doubt about it. When he knew that Jalen was going to get the start, and 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 Jalen um, became the what third string quarterback, that was the best thing to happen to Alabama football because you realize Tyler Buckner and Ty Simpson had that opportunity and they couldn't seize it. Milrow was able to take a step back and go, okay, this is my team now. And Tommy Reese called the offense for him and stopped trying to make him to be a different quarterback and do what the hell Jalen Milrow does, which is break your heart with his legs and his arm in the deep passes. And that's why it's worked extremely well. I go back and start thinking, what if Tyler Buckner had a good game? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I don't think Alabama is as good as they are right now. If Buckner goes, you know, 17 to 25 for two touchdowns and he's pretty solid and the offense responds. I don't know if Alabama is as dangerous as they are now that they figured it out with Milrow. 
And, and that's and a lot of people, I, I've seen this discussion, and I agree 100% with you. And a lot of people are like, yeah, I don't know if that's what Saban was doing. I just think he wanted to see what he had. Well, you know, the Wright brothers didn't know that plane was going to take off and stay in the air. You know, Colonel Sanders didn't know all those original spices were going to make a great chicken. It's experiment, man. I mean, sometimes you experiment, and what you come out with is a great product. And 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 that's what happened in that situation. And think about, you know, Saban making the quarterback change and, and making the right call with Tua and Jalen. And then, yeah. you know, and then Jalen having to come in for a hurt Tua, like, you know, there are guys that have screwed up quarterback situations, but so far in Nick, we trust, and he has nailed this to the utmost degree. And, and a credit to Jalen Milrow for growing up as no well. Doubt. Like, yeah. I, I think that's a huge credit for him to not take that benching in this world of the transfer portal and be like, all right, I mean, I'm not the guy. I, I think he 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 wisened up, he matured, and now they're on the cusp of, of Atlanta, if not the college football playoff. And and I think that was the first game. And and I don't know that these actual conversations happen. I'm speaking figuratively here, but it was the first game it felt like where the coaching staff had said, Hey, listen, the whole offense is on you tonight. The run game is going through you. Obviously, the pass game is going through you. Yeah. We're riding or dying with you tonight. And he delivered. And and I mean, that says a lot about Jalen Milrow. I, I think, you know, you watch him, you listen to him, you talk to him. He's got such an infectious personality. Yeah. He's such a positive guy. You yeah. want him to succeed. And look, I mean, he he's just a, he's guilty of nothing else, a bad timing, just following maybe four of the greatest quarterbacks Alabama has ever had. And he didn't look like the rest of those guys yet. He's developing, but he yeah. didn't look like Bryce Young. He didn't look like Mag Jones. He didn't look like Tua Tungabaloa. He didn't look like Jalen Hurts. I mean, those are NFL quarterbacks. Yeah, it reminded me of like when Frank Solich was at Nebraska and he wasn't putting up Tom Osborne numbers, and they're like yeah. nine and three. We can't have this happen in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. And then they haven't been able to get sniffed nine and three ever since. Um, but again, yeah, I mean Milrow is going to be a, a problem right now. And then, uh, you know, again, I, I I look at where he has grown, and it wasn't unless that they struggle against South Florida that I think that they're right in the cusp of making it to Atlanta. All right, he is Peter Burns of the SEC Network and ESPN. It is the burnout presented by MyBookie.ag. Code next round when you sign up with MyBookie.ag. Get that sign-on bonus, a 50% sign-on bonus there for you. Uh, when you use code next round, that is up to $1,000. So you can get a very nice sign-on bonus there at MyBookie.ag up to $1,000. 50% sign-on bonus when you sign up now using code next round at MyBookie.ag. College basketball kicking off, uh, football still in the air, everything right there at mybookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Mybookie.ag, code next round to get that 50% bonus. Code next round at mybookie.ag. Also, Roback.com providing uh, apparel for the show, the great uh, soft hoodies, the quarter zips. It is quarter zip season. Love them. Golf shirts, the great pants they sent us, all right there at Roback.com. Roback.com, a crew neck t uh, sweatshirts that are so soft. Everything there. That's like the hallmark. It is so soft and comfortable. Roback.com, code TNR20 uh, for 20% off your first purchase. Code TNR20 at Roback.com. You mentioned Missouri. They go to Georgia, and they're right in that game. They play toe-to-toe with Georgia until that really bad interception by Connor Cook. Um, now they've got Tennessee next, and this was always going to be a tough game for them regardless of that Georgia outcome. If they yeah. go upset Georgia – you got to back it up with Tennessee. If they yeah. lose to this game, you can't let Georgia beat you twice. Tough spot here for a Tennessee team um, that that has that played very well against UConn. I know it's just UConn, but they played well against UConn coming off um, that game going to Missouri. This is a tough spot, I think, for the Tigers. Yeah, and 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 I was going to say tough spot for the Tigers because how are you 
how do you respond both to the physical and mental war that was Georgia and being yep. that close two years in a row um, and not being able to punch through? And, and this is where Eli Drinkwitz has to show me something, right? Because I think Tennessee, um, while I think, I think Missouri is a better overall team, I think that Tennessee's schedule fits them extremely well to where, man, they were just playing everybody and anybody against UConn. It was a de facto kind of bye week. They got off to a good start. They, they, that Milton, they have found their way in making sure when he throws the ball, he, he's very efficient in what routes that they're calling for these wide receivers for him. They're taking a deep shot occasionally. And his perfect stat line should always be around like 16 of 22 for 222 yards or something like that, like not monster Hendon Hooker numbers. And I think the crazy part about Tennessee is I'm buying a whole hell of a lot of stock because if Hypo can show me that he can he can call an offense that historically is good with Hendon Hooker and Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt, and then the next year realize he doesn't have that same personnel, but he can create a team that runs the ball extremely well with Jalen Wright, and all of a sudden defensively they're a whole lot better, like – that makes me think of Josh Heupel in much different light. And my God, would they want that Florida game back right now? Oh. And, and, and what happened there, Florida catching lightning in a bottle, um, because I, I'm a firm believer that Heupel could be building something pretty damn good over in Tennessee, and you got to win this game. And yeah. it, it, this is a monster game. As much as Georgia and Ole Miss is huge as far as like for the actual standings in the college football playoff, I'd say for the future of these two programs, this is as big a game as you're going to have in the, in the last year and a half. Yeah, I mean, they're one of the what-if teams. Like if you're Alabama, what if you didn't have one really bad quarter against Texas in that fourth quarter? Yeah. Uh, if you're Tennessee, to your point, even the loss to Alabama, you still hold all the cards because you get to play Georgia in your place. But you had that really one bad quarter against Florida. I mean, if you if you could somehow undo that one quarter from Florida, Tennessee's got everything ahead of them. They're a college football playoff contender. They could win the SEC East. They could go to Atlanta. Everything in front of them. But one bad quarter, they they kind of threw that away a little bit. And think about Florida too. Like we were walking into state, we were walking in studio this weekend, and I'm sitting there with Chris Doring, the Florida Gator lover, right? And and I'm like, all right, so how are we feeling, CD? And he's like, not good. Not he's good. Like, like he told me, he's like, I think Arkansas wins this game. Oh. And I'm like, oof, man, okay. And and he's just like, you know, Arkansas coming off the bye. I just don't really feel confident. It's a, it's an early kickoff. There's like weird mojo and vibes around Gainesville right now with this whole thing. And so sure enough, that ultimately is uh, what ended up happening. At least it wasn't 14 to nothing like two minutes into the game. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, we were sitting there going, like, there's, there's Florida fans that didn't even get to their their chair yet. And you're like, what the hell just happened? Like, we, oh, have, no. catering, we have catering at, at noon when we come up on air for the games. I'm always – we're always on set as backup yeah. just in case, you know, somebody pulls a wire and we got to right. do the show. So as soon as a game is gone, the, the broadcast takes over. So we clear for our lunch break. So we go and there's some catering at the studio. So we grab our, our food. By the time we got back, we're like, what the 14 nothing Arkansas? Like that just happened? Like what in the hell? And I had Seth Pippen on my on my show this morning, and you could tell he's exhausted. You can just tell like these last couple of weeks between having to fire Dan Enos and who was a close friend. Um, and just everything and how close that game was. He, because normally he's really, really jovial, and you could just tell it was just like, 
Like yeah. I bet some shit, buddy. And that was a big win. And KJ Jefferson put him on his back. That was that was monster for him. Yeah, huge game uh, for them and for Auburn coming up Saturday. Really, really interesting matchup. Um, Arkansas opened a very small two-point favorite, Auburn. Now, look, I think you have to say I want about to see Auburn, Auburn win the game, by the way. I want to see Auburn continue to get bigger, better, and yeah. stronger because I want the Iron Bowl to be just batshit crazy. Well, like, it's I, a here. It's going I, to be. I'm just telling you, but I want to see yeah. this momentum continue to build, and each and every week they get just a touch better. Yeah, um, they played the two worst teams in the conference. There's no escaping that, but they no. have gotten better. They've gotten better. I mean, they've got a little flow on offense. Yeah. You know, unfortunately for Robbie Ashford, it's come at his expense. He's playing less. Peyton Thorne has kind of taken control of the offense. Hugh Freeze continues to say he's splitting play calling with Philip Montgomery. It looks like he ain't splitting play calling with anybody. It looks like he's calling all the plays, doesn't it? I mean, listen – and I don't care. Like I like, like I don't either. Find out find out what works. Like I think for Eli Drinkwitz, what worked was him giving up play calling duties, right? That worked really well for him. And I could say the same thing with AM with Petrino had had Connor Wegman not got hurt. But I think that's something that Billy Napier needs to do because there's so many mistakes that they're making from a coaching standpoint that he needs to stop calling the offense. And if Hugh needs to be involved a little bit more, that's fine. Um, and where have we ever heard of a head coach at Auburn? dabbing into uh, a play calling. I mean, does that, does that ring any bells? Uh, I mean, it's, just, yeah, it's, it's wild that Freeze is being asked about it because it just it's flashback to Malzahn. Like, uh, you know, Rhett called the good ones, I called the bad ones. Uh, you know, that famous line he had. It's just, I don't I don't know what it is. I, I, but, I mean, I always say that, like, I was trying to remember the coach I was um, – I think it was Gus Malzahn. Like, yeah, it was Gus Malzahn. I felt – you know, that's the whole reason Auburn hired him was his play calling. I don't want you giving up play calling. I want you to right. be good at it. And, and you know, if I'm an Auburn fan, I get it with Hugh Freeze. He's trying to do a lot of things. But the whole reason you were attractive was the type of offense you run. And that I want yeah. you calling the plays. And, again, you're trying different things. This for yeah. Auburn, this is like a, hey, you get a couple mulligans. This is your practice round year, you know, before the tournament really starts and you go into a 12-team yeah. playoff because – we all know that they weren't going to be part of the four-team playoff, uh, you know, field coming up this year. It's a matter of like, all right, what is what's going to work for Hugh down there? What's going to work for Philip? What's going to work for Peyton? What do they want? What do they need? All so they can kind of ramp up so they can make the college football playoff, which is going to be weird. I mean, I know this last little topic that we have is SEC nightmare, and I assume that's going to be. Could it be a situation where the SEC is actually out of the out of the, the equation? It could be. MyBookie.ag brings you the show. MyBookie.ag, code next round to get that 50% sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. MyBookie.ag, code next round. Uh, let's assume, for purposes of this discussion, um, that Michigan, Ohio State is undefeated Big Ten champion. Probably the case. And, 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 and yes, and, and not banned from the college football playoff. Not banned from the college football playoff. Uh, Florida State's undefeated ACC champion. Okay. Very like very likely right yeah. now. Uh, let's assume Texas is able to hold on and win the Big 12. And now you got a spot up for grabs. 12 and one. And, yep. Yeah, 12 and one. And then you've got Oregon sitting out there as a one-loss team. Their one loss is to Washington. They avenge that loss. <coughs> if you're if you're Alabama, yeah. you 100 percent want Georgia to win the remainder of their games. And if Georgia wins them all, they're in no matter what. But if you're, if you're Alabama, you want Georgia to win the remainder of their games, be number one in the nation. Because I do believe, I do believe if it's Georgia, if Alabama beats Georgia, Oregon beats Washington, and it's down to Oregon or Alabama, Alabama gets in. 
Yeah, I mean, just because of the strength of more than likely the strength of schedule or the the strength of the perceived schedule of, of of Alabama. But there is a situation where, listen, I don't think the Big Twelve is very good this year outside of really kind of Texas. I mean, now that we're seeing Oklahoma kind of falter a little yeah. bit, Oak State's gotten better, better, right? In K State yeah. was pretty solid, but they yeah. you know, they end up having their third loss, and um, but you 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 do not want to be in a situation. I just can't imagine a world, or I don't want to imagine a world where a 12 and one Alabama SEC champion is going to get left out of, of, of the equation. I just, and, and if Washington wins, Florida State wins, um, and, and Michigan or Ohio State is undefeated, and you're trying to compare the resumes between a 12 and one Texas Big 12 champion who went into Tuscaloosa and won by double digits. Yep. I know the schedule is going to look better for Alabama in the strength of schedule, but how in the hell are you going to say, I, I like, I mean, I, I just don't think you can. I, I don't, yeah. I don't think you can right now. So, you know, in a, in a weird way, I think what you probably need, to, if you're, if you're, even if you're Ole Miss or you're Alabama, you probably need to be a USC fan right now. Believe it or not, because you yep. playing Oregon coming up this weekend, and if USC is able to knock off Oregon. Then that 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 basically means Oregon is out of the college football playoff discussion. Yep. But I still think that they could beat a Washington team, right. which would help them uh, as well. So it's um, and how crazy is it? We're talking about this for a fourteen playoff. Just wait until we're talking about this in a twelve team playoff. We're going to need an hour and a half to go through the scenarios this late into the season. Because you know who's still alive in a twelve team playoff? Very much Ole Miss. Ole Miss very much oh. alive in twelve team playoff. I mean, and you could argue that they would be in the driver's seat because they wouldn't have to go to play in the SEC yep. championship. Game, That's right. That's right? right. Yeah, very much alive. I mean, Missouri not entirely dead in a twelve team playoff, even Tennessee. even with the two losses. Tennessee, Tennessee not a doubt. No, not at all. Yeah, I mean, you you would have to think Tennessee if if they beat Missouri and then find a way to beat Georgia, a ten and two with a win over number one Georgia or number two Georgia, they're in. So, yeah, yeah the twelve team playoff is going to be amazing. But there are some nightmare scenarios out there, and I think for Alabama, the nightmare scenario potentially. Now, I always hesitate to even discuss these things because, as I always say, this stuff always has worked its way out. We've never gotten there to the end. Well, unless you're TCU and Baylor in 2014, yeah. they both got screwed. But yes. But their problem was their conference tried to get tricky. They would not declare yeah. a conference champion, right? Their conference mm -hmm. screwed them, basically. Um, but it generally works its way out. I mean, we normally get to the end and we're like, God, I don't even know who the fourth team is. Like, I, I don't even know who to put in there for the fourth but, team. But, but a lot of times it felt like whoever's at 14 outside of maybe 2014 – we didn't think it really mattered. We're like, nope. okay, they're they're yeah. in, but do they really have a legitimate chance? Right. And I think you could still make the case right now, Brownie, this late into the season as we're going into week 11, that there's seven or eight teams that you can say, put them in a two-game playoff, and I could see them winning and yep. being good enough. Like, you know, like USC was one of those teams where like, where they're fraudulent because their defense is, well, they've lost enough games where they're no longer in, the, in that conversation any longer. I will say this is the latest in the college football playoff era. We've had this many undefeated teams. So yeah. it is it is shaping up to be a little more difficult than normal, but I, November chaos always happens. Just buckle um, up for November chaos. Last thing, and this goes all the way back to the LSU-Alabama game, what was the reaction of people thought that that the Dallas-Turner hit should have should have warranted a targeting penalty. Well, uh, well in, in this state here in Birmingham, um, if you are not an Alabama fan, you think it was 100% targeting. If you're an Alabama fan, they can't even believe you asked that question. So you know how that goes. Yeah. Um, you know, 
I honestly, my just watching it in real time, like I didn't even think about targeting until they brought on Gene Steratore to talk about it. And I'm like, okay, well now let me watch it again. Like, because for me, I am so programmed to think targeting when I see lower head and, and, and crown a helmet go in. Right. Sure. And that, that looked like if anything, face mask hit first and maybe the helmet slid up. Yeah, and I think the one, and, and again, I was so I was telling the LSU fans about, and I was like, man, a, I'm a die, I'm as big of a diehard LSU fan as there is. I didn't think that was targeting. I just thought that was yeah. a really good hit. I thought it was roughing the passion, which yeah, you got absolutely. Yeah. Yep. But I think what happens is LSU fans get this Zapruder film of like one angle where it looks like yeah. the crown of the helmet where they're all falling down. I'm like, no, bro, that's just gravity. Like, yeah. it was, it's tough, and now. You know, me and of course, me and Doring always have our LSU Florida wager. And I'm like, now I got to see if Jaden Daniels is going to be 100% healthy in that game because Garrett Nussmeyer did not look like he was ready for the part when he came no. in. No, day to day was what Brian Kelly said today about, uh, and it's Monday as we tape this, uh, about Jaden Daniels. And that's a positive update. I did not know if he would be day to day. He did, uh, when he came back out on the field, you could tell. I mean, that play clock ran down on him. You could just tell he, he was not there. He did not to be, need to be back. And I'm glad that they didn't run another play and they were able to get him off to the side. So he, uh, he didn't need to be out there. No. And la- last thing here. Um, so I'm in between because we got Thanksgiving. This LSU Florida wager is coming a little bit later than normal for me enduring. Yeah. So I'm thinking we're going to do a Thanksgiving theme. So should the loser has to dress up like a pilgrim, like and do the whole like, you know, the whole pilgrim right. aspect of it? Or just a turkey and just do like the whole full size turkey outfit. I think full size turkey costume is the way so. to go there. Yeah, yeah I'd go full size turkey. Uh, Pilgrim is pretty bad. Turkey is awful. I'd go full size turkey. And then make whoever has to lose just have to like give a gobble gobble before yeah. they like, they do any kind of. Uh, yeah, turkey. yeah, no doubt. If you so if you guy if Jaden either way do y'all use point spread or is it a straight up bet? Well, no, it's straight up. Like he oh, okay. he's funny because. While a while back, he was like, I don't care. Like, we're not doing point spread because I had asked for the point spread back in the day whenever LSU in the in the famous uh, shoe toss game about being able to do it. And I'm like, uh, OK, like, let's let's do points. And he's like, no, we're not doing points. I'm like, you got to be a real man to, to do that. I was like, all wow. right. fine." So LSU ends up being like a 20 point underdog and win that game because of the Marco Wilson shoe toss. So now this week he was like, so I get points. I was like, no, yeah, no way, buddy. <laughs> no, no, no way. You're a real man. Yeah, boy, if, if Jaden Daniels is back, that is not a fair bet. But, you know, that's a, you guys make the bet, not me. Fingers crossed. <laughs> All right, he is uh, Peter Burns of the SEC Network and ESPN. The show presented by MyBookie.ag. Code next round when you sign on at MyBookie.ag for that 50% sign-on bonus up to $1,000. Also, don't forget uh, the promo we have at Manscaped.com. Code Burns for 20% off your initial order at Manscaped.com. Code Burns for that. And then code TNR20 at Roback.com for 20% off your initial order. All right, Bernsey, have yourself a great week, man. We always appreciate the time. See you, buddy.